sniffles that are going around with everybody in this, this time of weather. But we'll, we'll make it through it. Go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll begin reading in verse number 1. And we'll read through verse number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul's writing here to the church at Corinth, the church that he started. And he's writing and he's trying to correct them and get them back on the right path. And he says here, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to open up your word, Lord. And I just pray that your word would have the freedom to speak to hearts and that I would be out of the way, Lord, that your message would be clear. And that would be communicated, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you agree with me that it is easy to let the world's wisdom and the world's way of thinking influence our Christian walk? The world has its own set of values that completely is 180 degrees different from what God has set up. The world tells us to value physical beauty over purity. It tells us to value strength over morals. It tells us to value pleasure over righteousness. Popularity over truth. Money over ethics. That's just a couple things. We could go on and on and on. But the world's wisdom, the way the world tells you to think, is diametrically opposed to the Bible and to Christianity and to God. And what what the um, Corinthians were dealing with here is they were allowing the world to influence their Christianity. They were allowing the world to influence their thinking about the things of God, how they viewed one another, how they viewed Paul, how they viewed Apollos, how they viewed the working of God in their lives, how they viewed what they were trying to do. They were allowing the world to influence their lives. Hence, Paul was writing this letter to them and telling them, you are carnal. You are not spiritual Christians. You are not spiritually minded. But you are carnal. You're thinking the way the world thinks. They have allowed the world and their past before they were saved to influence them. And also those who claim to be saved, the quote-unquote religious elite of the day, they were allowing them to influence their minds as well. And now we have a group of Christians in a church Paul had started. They knew the truth. But they hadn't grown. They had stayed carnal and they were now 
they were in conflict at times with the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul, there was division, there was dissension in the church, there was all kinds of problems. And Paul's writing to them and say, hey, you need to get some things right here. A group in the church claimed this apostle because they liked his personality or they liked his eloquence. Others liked the scars of the Apostle Paul. See, he served God. I want to, I want to follow that man. But what they were doing was they were allowing the world's philosophies and the world's wisdom to influence how they were viewing the Apostle Paul and how they were reacting and following the teachings of the Apostle Paul. The men that you did not, the men that they did not like were criticized and put down. The men that they liked were glorified over what men should ever be glorified. They were lifting up one man and putting down another. We had, um, the, Church there at Corinth was saying, they had one group that said, I'm a Paul. We're following Paul. They had another group over here that said, Paul, he's, he, when he came here, he was so weak and he wasn't eloquent at all and he was stumbling around. Meanwhile, we have Apollos and he was eloquent and he was, he was preaching so powerfully after Paul came. We want to follow Apollos. Paul's, and they're like, well, wait a second. Paul was the one who led us. Why do we need to follow Apollos? And there was this conflict and there was this just contention and division in the church because they were allowing the wisdom of the world to influence how they viewed the ministers of God. And that's where we come to this passage is Paul in the in chapter number three in verse number 19 says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. And this is the context that Paul's coming into this passage. Originally, when I was studying this passage, I was like, you know what, we're going um, to preach on being a faithful steward. But that's not what it's talking about here. The passage is talking about, yes, there's an element of being a faithful steward. But what Paul is writing about is, let a man sow account of us. Paul is writing to the Corinthian believers about how they are viewing him, how they are viewing Apollos, how they are viewing the servants of God. He says, let accounts. How are you regarding us? How are you? He isn't worried about his own fame. He isn't worried about his own um, glorification. But Paul commanded the Corinthian believers to realize that he, Apollos and Peter, were servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. That's what it says. Let a man so account of us, regard us, look at us, think of us as of the ministers of Christ. Let's work on that for a little bit. They were servants, ministers of Christ. They were servants possessed by God. They were servants belonging to God. That's what it means. Ministers of Christ. This means that they were not the servants of of the members of the church. That means they were not belonging to the church. Rather, they were over the church. They were belonging to God. This means that they did not have to follow necessarily what the people wanted. That doesn't mean that they were supposed to be rude. They were supposed to be just coarse with the people and lord it over the people. But what they were was they were ministers of God. They were not answerable only to the members of the church. They were under the authority of God. They were to fulfill the will of their master, God. As servants of God, 
Paul and Apollos were under the direction and under the authority of God. They were not someone who was to become, to come into the church and the church members were going to decide, we like him because he, he preaches powerfully. We like him because, you know, he's, we can tell he suffered for God and he was the one who first came here that Paul was saying, no, we, you need to realize that we're servants of God, that we're ministers of God and we're stewards of the mysteries of God. Of stewards, such a description emphasizes the need for faithful execution of duties and accountability to the master. That's one, what dictionary defined steward as. God had given these men the word of God. This is not saying that only they, had the, only they knew what the Bible said. That's not saying that at all. They were stewards of the mysteries of God. Rather, the unsaved people didn't know, cannot understand what the Bible says. And they were here. Paul, Apollos, Peter. He's, Paul's putting them all in the same class. And they, God had given them the word of God to come and to preach and to teach and to show people they were stewards or they were in care of the word of God. And they were to give it to people so other people could read it. Other people could understand it, and that was their duties. They were servants, and they were ministers of God. They were not here to win a popularity contest. They were not here to expound the great wisdom of the ancient Greeks, which they were the Greeks in the excuse me, the Greeks who were not believing. They were famous. They desired wisdom above all that. And Athens, they always were desiring to learn some new thing. And Paul was saying, I am not bound by that. I am not seeking the wisdom of men. I am a servant of God. And I am here to serve God. And I am a steward of the mysteries of God. I am in charge of the words of God. And I am to dispense and take care of them. But I am a steward of God. Of the mysteries of God. That means I'm answerable to God. I'm going to answer directly to God for how I live and work my ministry. This is not saying only preachers can understand the Bible. But a man of God is responsible for how he treats and handles the word of God. So a servant of God is responsible to God. All right. We get that. That's what the that's what the first verse was saying. But how do we know, how did they know that Paul was following God? How do they know that God was really working in their lives or what God wanted them in their lives? Paul says it in verse 2. Moreover, is required in stewards. What is required of a steward of God? That a man be found faithful. The requirements of a steward of God is faithfulness to his master. The believer's views of Paul did not affect his standing as a steward of God. All right. What Paul is saying is I the requirements of a steward of God is I am to be faithful. It's not that I'm to have the most eloquent speaking abilities. It's not that I am supposed to come and wow you all. Wow all you Corinthian believers with my great just presence and my charisma and my personality. Because that is following the wisdom of men. What my responsibility is, what is required of me, Paul is saying, as a steward of God, the same thing that's required of Apollos, the same thing that is required of Peter, is that I be found faithful. 
it was a small, the believer's view of Paul did not affect his standing as a steward of God. What it says in verse 3, but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Paul was like, it really doesn't matter whether you hold me as a nobody or whether you lift me up. It isn't your judgment that really matters. I'm required to be faithful, but I'm a steward of God. I'm not supposed to be, I'm not faithful to you as a, as a member of this congregation. I am supposed to be faithful to God because men do not have the power to call him faithful. I could say, say, talking about Pastor Montoro, he is a faithful man of God. And from my understanding, I would be correct. But in the, in the actual aspects of it, his job as pastor is not to prove to me that he is a faithful steward of God. His job as a servant of God is to be faithful to God himself because Pastor Montoro is a steward of the mysteries of God and is a minister or a servant of God. Therefore, his job is not to prove to all of you in this church that he is a faithful minister of God. He is answerable to God. As a faithful minister of God. Paul said, it is a light thing that I am judged of men. Man cannot prove a servant of God to be faithful. Why? Because he is not ministering in the things of men. He is ministering in the things belonging to God. Paul also says that he is not to be answerable to men. I'm going to go back and just say one other thing. A drill sergeant really doesn't care. If his platoon likes him. Okay? We've all seen maybe the clip or the movie or actually met a drill sergeant. And his duty is not to be found faithful by his platoon. His duty is to be found faithful by his superiors. His superiors are going to come and he is answerable to them. He is not answerable to the men of his platoon. They can come and they will request something. But... His men of his platoon do not hold him accountable. It is his superiors that hold him accountable. And he's under direction, that drill sergeant is under direction when he is ordering those recruits to do 500 push-ups a day. He is under the, re, the um, direct responsibility of his superiors behind him. And if he messes up, it's not his platoon who says, I think you messed up because you made me do too many push-ups. No, he is responsible for how those recruits are trained directly to his superior. And it's the responsibility of training the recruits that he is responsible for. It's not making the recruits feel good. Paul is kind of saying the same thing. I am answerable for the things of God to God. I'm not answerable for making you feel good about being a Christian. I'm not answerable to trying to make sure I'm faithful to you guys or you think I'm being faithful because I am answering directly to God. I am a steward of God. Paul also says that his views of himself did not justify him. We look in the end of verse number three. Yea, I judge not my own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. Just because you don't find fault with yourself doesn't mean you've been faithful. Because the drill sergeant, once again, could think he had done everything right, but if his superiors find fault, he is answerable to his superiors. He can't say, well, I thought I did everything right. It is what is, resp- what is given to him 
by his superiors. I think of when I was a kid. I was told by my parents to clean the room. So I went, and in my mind, I cleaned the room. But what was clean in my mind was not clean in my parents' mind. And what Paul's saying is, just because I don't see anything wrong with it, doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong with it. I'm answerable to God. It's God that justifies me. Is everybody understanding that? What Paul is saying is, you don't say I'm faithful. The requirement of a servant of God, the requirement of someone who is called a servant of God, who is there to preach the word of God, is that he is found faithful. That is the requirement. And it isn't that I'm found faithful by man. If man finds me faithful, that's great. But that's not the requirement. Because I am not a servant of man. If I was a servant of man and men said I was faithful, great. But I am not a servant of man. I am a servant of God. That's how you are to regard... That's how they were to regard Paul. That's how you are to regard Pastor Montoro. Is as a minister of God. Someone who's answerable to God. And he... Can't judge himself faithful, and you can't necessarily judge him faithful. Though he attempts to be faithful, he is answerable to God. Look at the end of verse number 4. By he that judgeth me is the Lord. It's not your call that matters. The Lord alone sets the requirements for for his servant. God alone is the one who could determine the faithfulness of Paul, Apollos, and Peter. All the criticisms or the, or the um, glorification of Paul, whether they didn't like him, whether they loved him, whether they lifted him up, whether they spat on him, that wasn't the goal. It really didn't matter if God called him faithful. An illustration a little bit from this past week. How many saw the crazy play at the Blue Jays Rangers game or at least heard about it? Where the catcher, the Blue Jays catcher, threw the ball back into play. Threw it off the Rangers' bat. And the Rangers player on third saw the ball rolling off and he ran ran in from third and scored. They said, what? The ball's dead. It's in the mat. It's in the mitt. The ball's dead. No. The referees got together and they they realized that the rule book said... That once the ball is in the catcher's mitt, it's still in play. If he throws it and it goes somewhere wild, the ball's still in play and the run came in and scored. Which would have been the winning run, but then the Rangers blew it and gave up the game. Which I really don't care, I don't like either team. But anyways, what the point I was trying to make is, I watched one of the after-game interviews and one of the Blue Jays players was saying you know what, I really didn't think that was a baseball play. I really don't think they should have scored a run off that. It didn't matter what he thought. The rule book said the run scored. The Blue Jays fans were so upset about this call, they were taking trash and bottles and everything and throwing it on the field and just acting ridiculous because they didn't think that call made sense. And what, but the rule is what governs baseball. The rule book governs baseball and the umpires made the correct call that was a good run and we have a rule book that governs our faith and we have a God that governs us and it really doesn't Paul's saying it really doesn't matter 
how you judge me or how I even judge myself. What matters is how God judges me. And what is required of a steward, what is required of a servant of God, is that he is found faithful. We all have the tendency to allow our own wisdom, allow the world's wisdom, to warp how we, review, how we view the responsibilities of the man of God. We, we can let the world influence us. We can let, whether we think we are or not, the world does influence us. That's why we have to keep coming back to church and coming and soaking ourselves in God's Word so God can remove that influences from us and wash it out of our lives. But as those influence come into us, we have the tendency to begin to look at the servants of God, like Pastor Montoro, like Brother Mike, who are in the ministry serving God, and we have to begin to look at them from our own mindset, from our own wisdom, from our own responsibilities, and begin to think that, wow, and compare them to one another and look at the physical attributes, whether their personality or their charisma or their preaching ability. And we can begin to look at that. And this is what the Corinthian believers were doing. And they were comparing one to the other. And they were like, I like him. I don't like him. And what was happening is it was destroying the church in Corinth. There was divisions. There was contentions. There was immorality in the church. There was all kinds of problems going on because they had allowed the world's influence to come in and change how they were viewing not just the excuse me, not just the servants of God, but all kinds of things. But Paul's talking about right here. This is how you need to view us, not as a popularity contest. Not as someone we're looking at, hey, I like his person, you know, you know, I, I think, no, these are servants of God. Stewards of the mysteries of God, and the requirement is that they're found faithful. Not that they make me feel good, not that I always agree with them or they always agree with me, but that they are faithful to God. That is the test of a servant of God. But we all have the tendency to allow the world to change how we view the servants of God. But we know there is a time coming when every servant of God and every believer will be judged. God is coming and will be the final judge of his servants. Look at verse number five. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will both bring, who will who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then every man shall have praise of God. You and I must wait until God does the judging. Earthly wisdom is not going to make a difference in eternal things. Whether or not we approve is not the test. God is going to come, there's going to come a time when God is going to do the judging. God is going to determine whether a servant of Him was faithful or not. It is not up to us to determine His faithfulness. Paul's, Paul's saying, it's not, you, can, you can look at Him and a pastor should be faithful and visibly faithful and His people should be able to see that. And I believe Pastor Montoro has set a good example for us here at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. 
But we are not the ones who are going to judge Pastor Montoro's faithfulness. Pastor Montoro is not the one who's going to judge Pastor Montoro's faithfulness. The Bible is saying that God is going to judge the servants of God's faithfulness. God alone is, knows what is going on on the inside of someone. That is why God alone can do the judging. Is God alone, it says, He will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. He will bring to light the hidden things. This does not necessarily mean bad things. But the things that you and I cannot see. We cannot see what's going on inside someone's mind. We cannot see what's going inside someone's heart. We cannot see the things that are going on behind the scenes. What we can never see. We only see right here. God can see it all. That's why God alone is the one who's going to judge the faithfulness of His servants. God is going to judge the motives. God is going to bring it all out and judge it all when the time comes. And He will give praise as He sees fit. It's not our job to lift someone up and glorify them as the height of Christendom and put them on a pedestal where we bow down and worship them. The Corinthians were almost getting to that point to where they had one man so elevated, they had the other man low and being stepped on. And it was creating contention because the one person who was lifted up here was the person the other group had low. And the person this group had low was the, other, was the person the other group had lifted up. And it was creating contention and creating fighting. And it was tearing apart this church. There, that's why Paul was saying, Therefore, judge nothing before the time. He isn't saying you shouldn't call sin, sin. But he's saying, you are not, the ju- to the members of the Corinthian church, you are not the judge of my faithfulness to the things of Christ. That's not your place. God is going to come. There's going to be a time where I stand before God and God judges me for that. But I am not responsible to myself. I'm not responsible to you. I am responsible to God. I am a servant of God. I am a steward of God. I answer to God. I am, my faithfulness is not judged by how other people view me. Paul was reminding the Corinthian believers that God alone was the judge of his ministry. Their petty preferences were dividing the church and stunting their spiritual growth. But Paul was not just reprimanding them. He was trying to teach them something. And Paul commanded the Corinthian believers to realize servants of God were not to be judged with their earthly wisdom, but by God. Because God alone can judge motives while their opinions would only produce strife and division. Paul commanded the Corinthian believers to realize servants of God were not to be judged with their earthly wisdom, but by God. Because God alone can judge motives and hearts, while their earthly wisdom would simply bring strife and division. Verse number six, Paul applied these principles to himself and to Apollos so the Corinthian believers could learn some lessons. And these things, brethren, have I in a figure transferred to myself 
and to Apollos for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against the other. They needed to learn not to elevate men in their own minds. Okay, because they were lifting some men to this pedestal, and others they weren't. They were choosing which men they wanted to elevate, but they were making the choices based on their earthly wisdom, based on what they thought about it, rather than their faithfulness to God. When they were judging Paul, they were not learning the lessons God wanted. When they thought too highly of another man, they were valuing personality over truth. They needed to learn to allow God to set the bar for His servants. Personality that blesses you is not what you need for spiritual growth. You need the truth of God. It isn't the eloquence that makes someone enjoyable to listen to. That isn't what's going to help you grow. It is the content of the message. It is only the truth of God that is going to bring change in your and my life. It is only the Word of God that can come in us and change our lives and take the sin out and show us God's will for our lives. And what these Corinthian believers were doing is they were valuing the physical attributes of these, speak, of these preachers, of these men of God, over top of the truth they were preaching. And then they were beginning to judge one against the other. I like you. I don't like you. And it was creating conflict when what they needed to do was say, these are servants of God. Teach me the truth of God. God has worked in your life, Pastor. God has given you an ability to be able to preach the Word of God. This is not saying that only Pastor can understand the Word of God. That's not what it's saying at all. But God has given Pastor Montoro a gift to be able to preach God's Word. And our response to that should be not, well, you know, I really think he could have done a better job on the illustration there. You know what? I always like it when there's guest preachers in. I like that preacher so much. I mean, just his, his gestures are so amazing. And what, th- this is what the Corinthian believers were doing. They were allowing their earthly wisdom of what they liked and what they didn't like, their petty differences, to influence how they were hearing the truth of God. And we need to allow the truth of God to speak to our lives. Not the personality of men. Don't hold personality over truth. Personality, what we like, what we don't like, should not be the bar of what we accept from the servants of God. What it should be is, are they being faithful to the Word of God? Faithfulness to the Word of God is what's going to be changing our lives. When we allow, this is what was happening in the Corinthian church, when we allow our wisdom, when we allow our natural tendency that we all have to influence how we treat Pastor Montoro or how we listen to the message that he's preaching, we're going to end up being divided, causing strife, and destroying a church that belongs to God. Because our job is not to hold the pastor in judgment of what we think 
he should do and how we think he should do it. Because God's the one who's going to judge that. And God's the one who knows the motives of Pastor Montoro's heart. God is the one who can see everything that's going on that none of us can see. Our job is to simply get in line with the Bible and stay with the truth of God. This passage, like I said, I originally talked about, oh, how you can be a faithful steward. If you want to be a faithful servant of God, get behind the faithful servant that God has placed in this church and stay with him through the word of God. Let him preach the word of God to us. Sure, that may not his way may not necessarily fit your the best. It may rub you the wrong way. Well, let's get our rubber the wrong way fixed. Okay, I mean, we can change our personality. We don't come to church to be quote unquote blessed. We don't come to church so we can enjoy church or so we can say be We don't come to church because we have this man lifted up because then we are following man and we're not following God. And that's that's what the Corinthian believers were doing. They were they were invested in the personality and the and what they thought was cool about this one particular guy. And Paul saying account of us as ministers of Christ and stewards of God. It's not your job to decide whether I'm doing a good job or not. It's not my job to decide whether I'm doing a good job or not. That is left up to God. God is the one who judges because the bar of a servant of God is not whether he's cool. The bar of a servant of God, the marks of a servant of God, is not whether he dresses the way we like him to dress. Or whether he preaches the length of sermons we like him to preach. The mark of a servant of God is whether he's faithful To the things of God. If he is a faithful steward of God, God is the one who's going to judge. God is the one who's going to praise him in the end. And when we put our, what we want in between, we create a wedge in between the the Bible with the truth that is trying to be preached. And we create the division and the strife that was so evident in the church at Corinth. Christians must realize servants of God cannot be judged according to our earthly wisdom, but by God, because God alone can judge motives. And our, our opinions only produce strife and divisions. The Corinthian believers were divided and carnal because they had allowed personality and earthly wisdom to warp how they viewed the men of God. So, stop relying on your assessment of the situation. It may not be the most pleasing to you. You may not understand why pastor does what he does. It's not about what you want from a pastor. It's about that man being faithful to God. Do not glorify the personality of men. Glorify the truth. Of God. Because the truth of God is unchanging. The truth of God is what we've been given and passed down. And whether they preach it with whatever personality they have, there's been so many different people down through the ages, but God uses faithful men. And our job is not to hold them in judgment because we don't like how they do a certain thing. Our job is to account them as servants of God and stewards of Christ who one day. God is going to judge. God is going to hold Pastor Montoro accountable for this church. But he's also going to hold the members accountable for how they responded to 
the servant of God in this pulpit. It's in the Bible. I'm not just trying to be rough. I'm not trying to be rude. But I was studying this passage, and this is what the passage is saying. God is going to hold each one of us accountable. Don't you think that those Corinthian believers were held accountable and are going to be held accountable for how they divided and destroyed they, the church came back. So there's hope for anyone who makes the decision that they're going to follow their personality or follow what they want over the truth of God. You can come back. Praise the Lord for that. God can always forgive. But there's going to be a day of reckoning. Don't glorify the personality of men. Glorify the truth of God. Sure, you may like another preacher better. You may think there could be more illustrations, explanations, apologetics, whatever your thing that you like is. All of this is not the issue. God has called his servants to be faithful to him. Don't hold personality over truth. If you choose to hold judgment over the servants of God, you will bring a spirit of division and carnality to this church. Allow God to judge the decisions that pastor makes. It is not up to you and to me to compare men on personality or on what makes sense to us. Allow God to make the call and trust Him. And don't hold personality over the truth of God's Word. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you tonight, Lord, and I just pray that your Word would have spoken to hearts, Lord, and spoken to my own heart, Lord, and that you would be lifted up and glorified tonight in the invitation, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.